Hey everybody, this is Michael. So the title today of, well, this sucks, doesn't actually come from the game. It comes from me because, well, this sucks. I have apparently misplaced or deleted or some other way lost an entire session. Now, generally, I can edit down our sessions. They're about three hours, three and a half each. Uh, take out the stuff that just you know doesn't matter, bathroom breaks, side conversations, food, that kind of good stuff. And I can usually get two, and in some cases, three episodes uh, per session. But for whatever reason, there's a full session that's just now gone. So what I've decided to do is just to kind of narrate um, and briefly describe what happened during that session and then go ahead and post the next one so that you can, you know, keep up with the story and I won't take up too much of your time with just me talking. At the end of episode eight, the PCs had learned um, that there was a bounty out on Zane's head. It included a 500 gold piece reward for him, as well as an additional 500 for the recovery of a guest artifact. Now, Zane has currently has two guest artifacts in his possession. There's a dagger that he began the game with, which is a, an equivalent to a magical dagger. And then when they had um, went to get the Rexan shipment from the Dwarven ship, which they then broke into and stole some of the drugs, they also found that there was an additional sort of cargo box, and within it was this crystal key that had some guest sigils on it. They believe that it's the key that people are after, which makes sense since he's had the dagger the whole time, but they don't know for sure at this point. Omi, um, using his city savvy trait, which I'm still a huge fan of. I think it's one of the best traits that was in the original packet, and I really hope it comes back. Um, use that ability to, to get them into the sewers and then get them into a very secluded area. It's a place that, uh, as we narrated in the game, it was like his absolute top secret location. He, you know, he never knew of anyone else ever being in that location. Which, of course, is then a surprise that when they got there, which I think was at the very end of the last episode, there was evidence that someone had recently been there. We kind of stopped it right there, and then the session that you missed was them kind of looking around and examining those um, those evidences of someone being there. They apparently were a few days old, and there, there was nothing that would make them think they were not safe. So they decided to go ahead and stay there. So they went ahead and they set up a watch. And during Omi's watch, he started hearing some kind of odd sounds. And then he also noticed that the shadows along the walls just didn't seem to be moving right. And it kind of freaked him out. But Omi being Omi didn't wake anyone else up and decided to investigate these on his own. During this investigation, he approached one of the far walls and started listening through it, put his, basically his ear up against the wall to try to hear what the sounds coming from the other side were. And while he was in that position, a figure, like a humanoid figure wearing a mask, came through the wall like a ghost. It was like insubstantial and came out and actually grabbed a hold of him turned him insubstantial, and then they both got pulled back through the wall, and Omi was basically thrown into this completely dark room full of yucky sewer. He, uh, Before he could really find his bearings, he started feeling a slithering tendril wrap around his leg um, and started, basically, he was attacked, and he started screaming for help, which uh, shortly awoke Zane. Zane got Wang and Grexel up, and they started pounding on that wall, Eventually, Grexel was able to break, uh, like a bust a hole into that wall that was just big enough for Zane and Wang to crawl through. 
Now, this is the part that I was really looking forward to going back and listening to as I did my edits. Because in the moment, there was a lot of tension and, and people, the players really seemed to be into the story and they were nervous and excited and, and happy all at the same time. And I really wanted to listen back to that to see kind of how it played out. But again, unfortunately, you know, probably more for me than for you, it's gone. So anyway, so uh, Wang and Zane were able to get through the hole and they assisted Omi in defeating the, the, the thing that we ended up calling the shit demon. Uh, which was a, a creature that basically lived within the sewer and the filth therein. While that was happening, this figure that we're calling the ghost uh, appeared behind Grexel. And in, in a very Superman-ish pose, he was like hovering three or four feet off the ground, wearing a solid black bodysuit, black cape, and wearing a mask that was mostly black, but it had some white designs. They weren't words, they weren't symbols, just like white designs uh, where the eyes would be. He also had two dimly glowing bracelets that Zane had some interaction with later. So anyway, so Grexel decides to attack this creature or this humanoid, not knowing what it is. And when he attacked it, uh, much like where it had pulled Omi through the wall, it was insubstantial and the attacks went through without doing any harm. But when the ghost attacked Grexel, he was able to hit him. And not only was he able to hit him, he was able to hit him hard. You know, Grexel is a, a mutant in this version of the game. It's a made up race. He's, you know, eight feet tall 500 pounds he's you know basically a dandy version of the incredible hulk and this ghost was able to hit him hard enough that he flew through the air hit into a wall and cracked the wall behind him rexel was done at this point and decided to run away because he had never fought anything anywhere near close that powerful so he ran away as the the battle with the shit demon played itself out zane came back through the hole in the wall saw the ghost there and there was this sort of strange interaction where the figure seemed to recognize Zane. And there was actually a moment where it even said, Zane? As if he was kind of surprised and, and confused that he was Zane. Uh, so the figure quickly gathered himself and informed Zane that he needed the key, the Giss artifact key that he was carrying. And if he didn't get it, he would kill all the PCs. So Zane reluctantly agreed and handed over the key, and as he did so, he noticed those glowing bracelets, and he also noticed that there were some Giss sigils on the bracelets as well, and that they were some sort of artifact. Really wasn't anything he could do about it, but he noticed it. Once the ghost had the key, uh, he turned insubstantial again and sank through the floor and disappeared. Once the ghost was gone... Um, Omi, Wang, and Zane continued to explore the room that was opened up by Grexel knocking it down and knocking the hole in the wall. And once they were in there, they found a doorway which led into a, a room that was immaculately clean, you know, considering that this was a dank sewer. And there were a dozen bodies lining the walls. They were all female, they were all clean, they were all naked, and they all had those same symbols carved into them, just like the princess. If you hopefully remember uh, a few episodes ago, the, it was found out that the princess had been murdered inside the castle and that she had been found naked. And these sort of unusual s symbols, which they still haven't been able to translate, uh, were carved into her body. So all these women that are inside this room have these exact same symbols carved in the exact same places. The most decayed one is probably two to three weeks old, with the newest or freshest being just a few days. Uh, the character spent some time doing some investigating. They didn't really find anything else to do with the bodies. They still didn't figure out what the runes or sigils were. But they did eventually find a little hidden cache 
uh, with a key inside of it. And it was a very ornate, sort of old-style key that they believe might have been the way that the princess was murdered. Because, uh, again, if you remember, she was murdered in her private chambers with the door locked from the inside. Uh, so they believe that the person that might have used this key to get into and out of that room. So while that was going on, Grexel, who had continued to run away, met back up with the ghost. And they started to have another fight. The ghost grabbed him, turned them both insubstantial, much like he had done with Omi, except instead of going through a wall, he went through the floor and after a few moments let Grexel go into a really deep cistern underneath the city. Um, Completely dark, but Grexel was eventually able to swim in just a, a random direction until he got to a wall. And then he was able to circumnavigate the cistern until he came to a uh, runged ladder that he was able to climb up. There was a little bit of humor and a little bit of tension with him being so big that the ladder being also being rusty and slippery fell. But the the point wasn't to keep him there. It was just to kind of add a little tension to the scene. So he he climbed out. Uh, However, he did not go back and meet up with the group. If you've not been reading the spoilers that I've been posting when I write out the uh, Made Men podcast, you may want to stop listening at this point because I'm going to give something away that you may not want to know if you really do want to kind of discover it as it happens. So I'll wait just a couple seconds and then I'll move on. Okay, so Grexel took this opportunity rather than going back to finding the group to go meet up with the Silent Sisters. Uh, if you have been reading the uh, the postings below Made Men podcast, then you would know that Grexel has actually been working for the Silent Sisters this entire time, that uh, he's belonged to that gang since he was young, and he was sort of placed into the Crimson Claw Crime Syndicate and to work for Zane specifically to spy on Graydon, who was Zane's handler, who they believe may actually be the figure known as Talon, who is the actual leader of the Crimson Claw Crime Syndicate. So Grexel takes this opportunity to go and have a meeting with them, which he does. Uh, During the actual session, he and I just passed a few notes back and forth to one another about that meeting. But what we did the next time we got together is we actually role played that out. So the next thing after I stop talking here, uh, and I've already talked longer than I thought I would, is going to be about a 10-minute session where it's just Nico and I, him as Grexel, role-playing out this encounter he had with uh, some of the upper Silent Sister members. And they talk a little bit about what's going on, and then they tell him to go back and meet back up with the group. And then the very next episode, the next true episode, which will be episode 10, is we're going to pick back up with Grexel rejoining the group. That actually happened the next session. So we talk a little about we're basically doing some retconning Um, after we had that true role play situation. It did change just a little bit of how Grexel reacted when he got back to the group. So anyway, so I'll be stopping here any second. You'll hear about 10 minutes of me and Grexel, excuse me, me and Nico role playing. And that'll be the end of this session. So it's only going to be about 20 minutes, maybe half an hour at the most. And then I'm going to try to get episode 10, which will be the next real, true, actual play session uh, for you guys to, to continue on with the story. So the last thing I'll leave you with is a bit of a teaser is Jared, who just joined the, the group uh, a couple episodes back playing the character of Wang. Uh, he had to leave the group for a while. He's on a little bit of a sabbatical from role playing at all. And, you know, in my tenure being a DM, I've dealt with that situation, you know, a dozen times easily where you have a player that for whatever reason can't play anymore ever or you don't know when they're going to come back. So, you know, what do you do with their PC? And there's a lot of different ways that you could handle it. Uh, this group had an interesting way of dealing with that. Uh, and I'm hoping that you guys will stick around, come back for episode 10, where they quickly and early into that episode will uh, resolve the weighing situation. 
So thanks for listening. There'll be a short pause, and then you'll pick up with uh, Grexel going to meet the Silent Sisters. As always, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Still would like to get more comments on the website. Uh, let us know how we're doing, what we could do differently. Um, you know, we do this as a vanity project because it's fun, but we've already got more listeners than we ever thought we would. Uh, so if there's anything we can do to make the experience more enjoyable for you, let us know because, you know, we don't have a lot of ego involved in this. We're not making any money off of it. It's just something we're doing for fun. Uh, but if we can make it better for you, then, then why wouldn't we? All right, so I'm going to stop talking now, short pause, and then pick back up with Grexel. So if you recall, you'd gotten separated. Yep. The ghost uh, phased you through the floor, and you eventually fell into basically a giant cistern full of water. Yep. You were able to get your way out, and then you chose, rather than going back to the group, to go out of the sewers. Uh, you were, I believe, originally you were trying to meet up with one of the silent sisters because you're trying to find out what happened to Alicia, or just talk in general, I guess. There was a reason behind it because I, I still in character do not know that Alicia tried to kill the silent sisters. No, I, I think you do about this. Oh no, because they said that, but they talked about it. Yes, yeah. that's why I wanted to find out. Yes, you I want to know what's going, what's going on with that. So as you were going through the city, you realized that you got a tail, and you were able to work out a coded message that they told you to meet a specific place within an hour. And the last note, you said that you would be there in an hour. So when you get to this place, it's an abandoned building, and it's right on the border of the uh, Crimson Claw Crime Syndicate and the Silent Sisters territory, so very easily could have fallen into either one of them. It appears to be abandoned, empty, no lights on. Uh, is there a front door and a back door? Yeah. It's a, it's a big warehouse. It's very similar to what you use as your house. Okay. So I make sure nobody's following me, and I try to go inside. Okay. It is unlocked. As you go inside, it is extremely dark. There's Again, there's just a little bit of light coming through some high windows. But you think you sense movement further into the room. It's like a big open warehouse. I wish I had torches. <laughs> that was my problem when I was in the sewer, too. I wish I had torches. <laughs> Anyways, um, do I have low light at least? Uh, you did, actually. All right. So I will use my low light to move forward. All right. So with your low light, you can see pretty well. And you can see that there are two, maybe three figures because they're kind of moving just subtly. You know? Can't tell. They're wearing like hooded cloaks, so they're just androgynous. As you get a little bit closer, you kind of have a physical sensation that you're passing through some sort of barrier, and then your ears kind of pop, and then you actually can hear someone speaking to you. You would probably remember this from earlier in your initiation with the Silent Sisters. It's like a cone of silence. You can speak freely in here and no one outside. That's why I was really asking if I understood it. Yes. So, yeah, you would be familiar with it. I'm like, what's the proper way to address it? As sister. Hello, sisters. One of them kind of nods their head, takes a, like a shuffly step forward, taking charge. And when they speak to you, they don't actually verbally speak. You hear it in your head. Because as you know, all the Silent Sisters have their tongues cut out, so they can't really talk. And it's... Very pleasant, not aggressive, not mean, but just, you know, kind of soothing. Like, why have you come to us? There is important matters I must discuss. Perhaps this is beyond my understanding or what I need to know, but I want to make sure you are aware. It appears that uh, Alicia, the contact that I had to you, attacked two of the other sisters, which is very confusing. I don't know if that was a ruse or if that actually happened. 
but I definitely have witnesses that saw it happen. And I'll explain how I heard that I wasn't there, but I heard that when they went to the trihorn, they saw Lisa come out with a dagger and kill two silent sisters. And you know they were silent sisters because they were female, and they also had... Do we call them guns, or what they're called? What do we call them? Uh, just guess artifacts. They have guess artifacts that are like crossbows. Uh, crossbows, yeah. Uh, there's just a kind of a pause, and you get the sense that they're probably talking to each other in that same sort of telepathic mm-hmm. language. And if the one that was forward steps forward again or kind of presents herself forward, and you hear, we are aware of her actions, but we have yet to determine her reason. She has not checked in at any of our stations. At this point, we assume that she had very good reason, but we would like to speak to her. So if you find her, please bring her to us immediately. Well, if she double-crosses you and me at the same time? Then we will handle it. But I might be dead at that point. I believe you can take care of yourself, as we as can we. One thing very important, there is a new player in town. We are calling him the Ghost, and he apparently is collecting GIS artifacts, which your subject is has in his possession. If at all possible, do not let this fall into his hands. I've met the ghost. And yet you live. That's where I came from. Well, I came from the sewers, but I had an interaction with the ghost. And I described him, he can't see his eyes, blah, blah, blah. Yes. I'm like, we got attacked at night while we were hiding out. And I met that ghost. I tried attacking him. I wasn't successful. So I tried repositioning myself. (laughs) And he grabbed me and took me through the ground. And that's how I got separated from the party. I, I assume everybody else is probably dead. I'll it go is, look for them. It is quite likely this this creature came into our most inner sanctum, as you said, through the walls as if they were not there. Asked us about a gift artifact we had only very recently acquired and then proceeded to kill a good 20 of our sisters. I'm very sad to hear that. I think he's responsible for the murders as well of the... Princess and whatever the other guy was. Sir AQs. Sir AQs. AQs. Okay. So AQs. AQs. Obviously, I think he's responsible because if he can go through doors with no problems, then he would be able to commit the murders and just go through the walls again. We have considered that as well. However, it has been discovered this very night that Sir AQs may not be dead. The body that was believed to be Sir AQs was, in fact, a decoy of some sort wearing a gift artifact. It was actually uncovered by accident when two servants dropped the body and this device dislodged and then it revealed that it was actually just one of the servants. So, so, so Sir AQ's whereabouts are currently unknown. But if you encounter this ghost again, disengage. Do not try to attack him. It appears to be futile. But he's after a key or a crystal that apparently is also a gift artifact. Do I character know that he had a key? Yes. I, I, okay. So in my response, I'll say, then I need to go back where at the sewers immediately because I believe the people I was watching had the key. Okay. If do I you do find the key, do you want me to bring it back to you? Yes, but try to protect it at all costs. If the ghost does show himself, resist him, but do not fight him if possible because he will kill you. Until we find a way to defeat him, it is futile. Our, our weapons had no effect on him whatsoever. I agree. Um, my weapon did not either. How should I contact you since now I have no contact? There is another dancer at the Rusty Cannon. Her name is Evelyn. She is also a member of our cabal. So if you speak to her the same as you would Alicia. I understood. All right. Anything else I should know? Not at this time. You want me to still just observe and not create Discord, right? 
for the moment, continue to observe only. But if you are able to take possession of the key, do so, and then bring it to us as soon as possible without revealing your true relationship. Uh, All right, I must go back to see if I can find the key. Okay. As I said, I believe everybody's dead. So you'll be able to make your way back to the sewers, and pretty much we're going to start right where we did last time. See, you guys are all together, and you were just trying to discuss what's going on. So we might retroactive just a little bit since we didn't have a chance to roll play this out. So we can start right when you show up. Because I think there was like a 10 or 15 minute discussion actually after you got there. But I don't, because I think that's actually where you would learn that the key's missing. Um, so I think your character would have learned that. So it probably wouldn't even matter. Pretty much as soon as you got there, when you said like, what happened? You would say, well, I gave him the key and he, he disappeared. podcasts at our website and subscribe to future ones on itunes if you have a suggestion for a topic we'd love to hear it email your ideas to podcast at dndacademy.com and you can connect with us on twitter at dnd underscore academy as always thanks for listening and remember if you're having fun you're doing it right